Hello, everybody. Welcome back to We Walk Chaos. Welcome back again. We've been gone a while. Yeah. Hey, this is very, very long overdue. Yeah. Where have we been? We have been in Florida. Yeah, we left for two, well, yeah, basically two months. I did. With the kids, yeah. Yeah, you left and then I came, well, anyway, I came about a week or two later. I had work. You stayed did. back and then I met you over there. Yep. And then... And then school starts, all the fun starts. Chaos ensues. Chaos ensues. But why don't we, this is going to be a bit of a edge of your seat episode, I guess. Um, the goal of this podcast was always to be transparent and to offer some form of help or... I guess, relation to anything people are going through relationally, health-wise, um, you know, marital struggles, um, trying to fit all that into the days of overly working and all that fitting within. But Yeah, we just, we want to be here and be on this platform to... Uh, help people break through whatever they're going through um, and just show our journey and what we've gone through that may be a catalyst for somebody else to help them with whatever heartbreak or mental health struggles, mental health struggles, addictions, anything like that, because no one is, um, What's the word? Immune. Immune. Absolutely. That's a great word. Immune to it. It's true. And in this climate that we're in, in our society and everything that has been happening, I think it needs to be talked about more because we put on this face of everything is great, everything's good. Yeah, this fake persona. This fake persona. Right. And... That's not real life, y'all. It's not. I think we got sick and tired of just seeing how everybody's social media platforms make them look great. And they, you know, I mean, look, we, you know, people say, oh, you guys are the perfect couple. Everything looks great on social media and great pictures of the kids. And you guys must have a little bunny foo-foo ha-ha life. Um, With that said, I'm going to dive in. We, (laughs) over the summer, took a little break. We separated. We did. Wow, that's the first time I've heard you use that word. I actually said the word separated. Christina and I separated. We did. A lot. For a few months. Came out in the last fight. I think it was a bunch of things that needed to be dealt with Mm -hmm. that exploded into one horrible circumstance. And it happened to be in Florida while we were visiting family in the midst of everybody and everything yeah and it was tragic but necessary because it was the first time that a lot needed to be opened up and talked about that had been bottled up for several years of our just insane bashing through this life Mm -hmm. relocations you know career pivots um personal struggles mental struggles yeah um there was a lot why don't you well i think 
not to dive too deep no, and tell deep all already. of the details, <laughs> but I think for me, as a people pleaser and as somebody who is codependent that I'm realizing, um, I allowed certain things to transpire, but I spoke to you. I prayed about things. That was a big one for me, was really praying about things of what not the world is saying and what I should be technically doing because the world says this is what you need. This is who you are. Like you need to be, you know, true to yourself, all of these things. But I truly sat back. I prayed about things and I left it up to God. I took it in my hands to say, you know, we're going to, I need to take time. I have to take time to heal myself. And I'm still in that healing journey. We're not, we're not, uh, you know, back to where we used to be, which is a good thing. Yeah. It's but, not all rainbows and butterflies. But we're still, I'm still on that healing journey and I still, you know, <clears throat> th things trigger me and yep. I have to be honest with you and let you know, hey, the way you said that, that really triggered me and it puts me back to a bad place, um, which you've been really great at responding in a respectful way and letting me speak. I've been trying to be as humble as possible. I mean, we're all on this journey of growth. Um, you know, you and I come from different upbringings, but mm -hmm. not easy. Um, I know I definitely had my challenges growing up. Um, I didn't have a very uh, easy deck of cards to deal uh, in the game. And I picked up a lot of, you know, personal issues. Uh, I mean. Well, I would say, and sorry to interrupt. Go ahead. But more generational, right? Yeah, generational. It's a generational. I would say one of the biggest things for me, I have always been around um, substance abuse, right? Mm -hmm. Like that has just always sort of been around my upbringing. Um, drugs and alcohol have always been around my profession, mm -hmm. right? It's something that's just always been a part. I mean, since I was, I mean, a young teenager in bands, I mean, drugs yeah. and alcohol, always around, always in the profession, in and out, mm -hmm. even in Christian circles that we were in, you know, yeah. alcohol is always present. Yeah. And it just seemed like a normal way of life, you know, and... For so many years of my life, it was present, but it was ever since I think the birth of Dexton, it became more apparent that it was in my life more regularly. And hmm. when we would get in arguments and alcohol was involved, I noticed, especially after this last fight, that your threshold is completely gone. Mm -hmm. For explosive outbursts or things you'd say, mm -hmm. the whatever choice words you use, whether no filter, I no, would say. no filter, and whether it was something that hey, I really felt wasn't right, and whether I was right or wrong, it doesn't matter. The reaction with that involved um, alcohol involved was always the culprit of huge fights that we would get into, and I really felt 
not just convicted, but woken up this last fight that we had had where I truly felt God was telling me, you've had this in your life as a routine for so long. Mm-hmm. And what has it ever done positively in your life? Has it ever served anything positive in your life? And yeah. I'm not just saying going out and grabbing drinks with friends and whatever, blah, blah, blah. But it became a coping mechanism to deal with stress. It was my way of winding down all the anxieties of the day. Yeah. You know, and I had come to realize that it was becoming an issue in my life. The routine of it, the regular, you know, presence of alcohol in our in our marriage and our in our since we were together i mean god you and i were i mean we were crazy when we first got together the two of us but yeah but i mean i knew it was time for me to stop and so with all that way said, more than i ever did yeah i drank like 10 sailors holy moly yeah back in the day i back in the day yeah i mean i <laughs> it's yeah. amazing we survived our 20s through a lot of what we went through what i went through on the mm-hmm. road um but I decided to quit drinking, and I mean, it's yeah. been nearly two months now, and it's been something I've wanted to do for a while. I wasn't truly ready to wipe it from my life um, until I realized that it was getting to a place where it was going to either take me mm-hmm. or take my marriage. Mm-hmm. And... With that wake-up call and the immense amount of conviction I've had over the years, hey, it would be really great just to take this issue out of my life. Right. And with also being, you know, we've been really into health and fitness the last couple of years, getting back into that. Yeah. And it's always been something I've carried with me. It's like, hey, you're you're pretty healthy dude. You're trying to be your best self. But alcohol can't be part of that equation anymore. Yeah, and and to go even deeper than that, I had really come to terms like this is a generational thing. One thing that we talk about is generational curses, right? Right. And breaking them, not just in substance, but also in um, verbal abuse. Mm. Like you and I come from very verbal, very loud Mm -hmm. upbringings. Yes, we do. And I won't go into too much detail with that, but we carry that into our marriage. And for me, coming from a very loud upbringing, Mm -hmm. Um, my way of releasing not just anger, but even fear. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. I've for myself. That. I've I mean, this and by the way, guys, this is through a lot of therapy and a lot of books <laughs> and deep dives we've been into and a lot of personal mm-hmm. growth, which is amazing. But um I just realized that my mechanism for fear, for anger, for anxiety, for everything, I would let everything bottle up yeah. to the point. Oh, it's okay. Oh, it's okay. Yeah, okay. Just get it through it. Just, you know, it's a, it's just normal stress of life. And then all of a sudden, that last thing. Mm-hmm. And when I explode, it's bad. Yeah. So my thing is verbal. I can kill with my tongue. Yeah, and you have a non... It's You don't have a stop button. So it's not like I could say, you know, in the midst of that, I really have to walk away but it's hard to walk away when you have kids it really is especially when in the middle of everything and there's no like safe I think place that's to go my that was my biggest thing through everything that we've been through is when the kids become involved and the words are spoken in front of the kids yep guys i think because he's a writer that's <laughs> a creative type not an excuse by not the way. an excuse at all absolutely not 
But you use these words that I would not even fathom to come up with. Yeah, they're pretty they're, interesting. They're not even. I wouldn't even dream them <laughs> to talk to tell that, to say it to somebody. I'm trying not to laugh, but um, sorry. well, because you know when we were first. <laughs> oh God. Going through stuff, you would you would say such weird remarks when you would get upset. Um, again, I always relate back to when you grow up in a half Scandinavian Finnish home, Finnish humor is very, very strange. Okay. So while I would say I have a great sense of humor, there's also a very odd sense of that humor too. Of course, but I don't think this was a sense of humor. I think this wasn't a sense of humor, but I'm just saying there's some strange stuff that would come out back in the day of like just my weird ass family. Yes. I mean, yeah. Anyway. Oh, we can go to Florida. I can tell you what you said in Florida to me. <laughs> we can open up that Pandora's box and be like, I don't want to go all the way back, but I was referencing referencing that because I realized there's no filter. Like, there's no – that's how I can I Yeah, I never fully developed it. a filter. You didn't. And I sit back when you say something sometimes and I go – Okay, let's just rewind <laughs> and try that again. Yeah. Without using those kind of words. Yes. Yeah. Because that's not how I grew up. That's not how we speak. And I'm not letting my children speak that way either. And we're supposed to speak loving words. You know what's crazy is in your house, and I'm not going to point out individuals, but yeah. you know, your upbringing was very, there was verbal abuse. Right, I would say like verbally, let's just say very loud yelling and screaming of. There was rage. There was rage. However, for sure, I never noticed in your house when I hear those outbursts, profanity, Mm-mm. and that was always something that I thought was really respectable. Could have been in Spanish, even though even <laughs> though it wasn't right, right, and it was like holy crap, like this is next level rage. Mm-hmm. In my house, <laughs> growing up in my hood, I can't even, again, come up with the words mm-hmm. and selections that were used. Mm. And uh, my mother, who I love dearly, and she's a wonderful soul, but oh, yeah. you know, she, she has a thick Finnish American accent. Mm-hmm. And she likes to curse like a sailor. Hey, mom, how's it going? You know you do. And <laughs> my Lord and Savior, the words that I grew up hearing, and I, I just started, I adapted to that. And then always being around music. Going on tour, being around that environment, being in just the, the circle of music. Everyone talks like a pirate. What's so talks funny, like a when you would get home, you'd I'd have go, to do a cleanse. You'd say, I'm so sorry, I was around a lot of pirates. Yeah, but even And you like would use as, that term. You'd say, I was around a lot of pirates. And and I would say to you- Pirate talk. Pirate talk. Uh, but I wouldn't get angry. I would just say, hey, you're talking. I don't like the way you're talking right now. Can well, I'd walk that? away from that too. And, I, and I'd and i look at my own beliefs, mm-hmm. like as a Christian man and go, what did you just say, dude? I realized that what I needed to work on, and I've always been on a, on a path of growth, but there was a lot of stuff I put on the back burner for many years, subconsciously, mm-hmm. not purposely. Right. It would come up and I'd forget. And it's just, you know, everything came to a head after this last argument. And I realized that it wasn't about me trying to change me to, you know, 
be what you wanted to me, be what you wanted me to be, or to fight for my marriage and do everything. Oh, you know, I need to be this way because this is what I need to save my marriage or this right. and that. I realized it's about me. Yeah. I needed to work on myself for me. Yeah. For my own relationship with dealing with myself, my children. Yeah. Yes, my wife, of course, my own relationship to my creator. Right. Which I, I had a lot of convictions also for in. me, it was the self, uh, self-deprecating. Self-worth. Your self-worth and the way, the way you would talk about yourself. Yeah. And I thought, man, how can he love me if he doesn't even love himself? Yeah. How can he show me how I need to be loved if he's not loving himself? Right. How God loves him. Yeah. Like, like I words see, that like I a, see how God loves you so much. And it broke my heart to see how the way you perceived how you should be loved. Especially as well, as a perfectionist and learning to shake that crap. Yeah. You know, like perfectionism is not a good thing, you know, as an only child, you know, mm-hmm. also developing like survival instincts for my upbringing. Mm-hmm. Um there was a lot of mechanisms I used, you know, but deep down inside, I've always been a confident person, but when I would feel fear, right? Mm. And everyone has different manifestations of fear, what that is. It could be mm-hmm. uh, health, life, death, financial, whatever. When I would get into a place where I felt truly backed up against the wall, and like, mm-hmm. this is it, I'm, it's hopeless. Yeah. I would just start saying words that were so self like, like just the most toxic, like soul deteriorating things about myself. I, know. I was so hard on myself, and I've always been yeah. extremely, extremely hard on myself since I was a kid. Right. Like even in like, you know, musical aspirations, mm-hmm. and you know, I always confided in music to deal with my struggles, and you know, I was so self-critical for right. so many years. I'd come at you and be like, what are you doing with me? I mean, what, what's you're, you're why, just what's the point of this? Like, you know, it's always this or that or Bob, like, you know. And in my brain and in, in any woman's brain, she's thinking, okay, is he pushing me away? Is he not wanting to mm. be with me? I could see that. Like, is he just trying to push me out? Yeah. And he does. he just wants to be on his own. He doesn't want to be in this family that we've created. Like he wants to go pursue music and he wants to pursue his dreams and were not his dreams. This wasn't his dreams. And so that was a really hard thing. And I'm, you know, I go to therapy, I'm in therapy and speaking to my therapist about it, she was saying, you know, it's not up to me to figure out what's going on with you. Yep. Right? Yep. I can only know what's going on with me. So if that's how I'm feeling, like my feelings are valid, but I shouldn't put on things on you that may not be true. Right. And so that's where the communication comes in of speaking to you about those kind of things and saying, hey, are you wanting to leave? That was my, you know, before I forget it, that was my extremist. So we had talked, so what I do is I go to these extremes, Right. right? So we get in a fight and- where it could be completely resolved in an hour or whatever. It's like, fine, you want to get divorced and that's it. Always the D word, man. Or like when it came to like, you know, I look at you be like, what, what the hell are you doing with me? Like, just go, just go find the dude. Like, 
that's got the millions of dollars and it could take you around the world. You can go be, a, you know, Instagram selfies all over, whatever the hell. And <laughs> always, you're like, what are you talking about? You're like freaking on a nut. boat or like. <laughs> but my point is, my point is with that, it, I would Weird. go, I all, and I'm like this, I always go to the extremes. Yeah. And what I do, it's almost like a, a foreshadowing of like, well, if I'm going to lose it all, let's just deal with it right now. Hyperbole, you know? I would say. I don't know. It's like. Hyperbolic. Okay, the house is going to burn down, so let's just set the damn thing on fire right now and be over with. Yeah, you know? and it's, it's just, like, no, it's not going to burn down. It's okay. Yeah, and I brought that from my childhood. I realized, like, don't mm. get your hopes up for certain things, you know. Mm. Um, and again, I'm not like I have a great relationship with my family. I love them to death. Yeah, and I'm thankful every day for them. But uh, again, I brought things into the relationship. That were survival instincts that I developed as a kid. Mm -hmm. And being an extremist, I would literally say, okay, let's just get over with right now what could be in the next six months mm -hmm. or a year. Let's just burn Rome. Right. You know, and that's why I would say, like, that's it. You're going to leave. Why are you with, you know, and I would just like, <laughs> instead of, and I would never want to push you away, yeah. you know, ever. Right. But it was almost like, well, if you're going to shoot me, let's just get it over with now. Yeah. Which is so stupid, but that was my extremist extremism, whatever, yeah. you know. I don't and you know, there's been a couple books that I have read that have pulled some <laughs> I felt like you were your worst enemy. Like you felt people oh, were absolutely. against you. And I'm thinking to myself, you're against yourself. Yeah. Dude. Like hypercritical, hyper perfectionist. Like, everybody I I was there for you and I love you and I support you and whatever we went through yeah. financially, you know, whatever hardships came up, I was always your teammate and always there. And I never once strayed. Yeah. It was confusing to me sometimes because I'm just like, okay. I said, hey, I was, we, like, we got this. If I have to not get my nails done, <laughs> if I can't get a, you know. Christina's always been this way where it's like, hey, and I'm looking, I'm like, here's this gorgeous five foot firecracker. You know, of just, you know, all things my dream. Anyway, <laughs> let's get start, start sapping this up. Aww. Anyway, but I would just wonder how you could respond to things like, hey, babe, guess what? We're all going to die. The house is on fire. We've <laughs> lost all our money. The cops are outside and I'm mm -hmm. being held at gunpoint and I robbed a bank. And, and you would just be like, babe, it's going to be okay. It's yeah. going to be all right. We'll get through this. Yeah. And I would look at you and go, huh? Yeah. I said, how is she not freaking out we're about gonna do this? We're going to do this together. Is, did I, like, is she, and then I would like look at you and like, where's your batteries? Are you like some government, like cyborg program no, machine? That's just, and it's I have like, faith that God your is faith gonna... was always and is always like yeah. just so grounded. And in our life, in our marriage, just 21 years, the amount of miracles that have happened. Yes. I mean, talk to us in person. I can go over at least a hundred. I just like, know that God has put me on unbelievable life or earth, death miracles. The things that I've gone through. Yeah, you've survived death over a and dozen times. I just know God has a purpose and a plan for me. And, and I for truly us. believe that too. And no matter what happens, I just know that God has a purpose purpose and plan for you and he has a purpose and plan for me mm -hmm. and it's bigger than i could even imagine so i just put it in god's hands yep i try to be respect what he puts in my hands and mm -hmm. do the things that 
I know God has asked me to do. Yeah. Um, and sometimes it's hard. It's not easy. You want to feed the flesh. He never said it was going to be. But to have that discipline and to work on discipline in your in your life, mm-hmm. um, that is somewhere that I've I'm still working on, but has helped me through my life. Yeah. And I think for me, when I was seeing somebody I thought was disciplined and going to be on my same page in a sense mm-hmm. and be there and be my teammate and those kind of things. And when that f- fell through the cracks and things started happening, I I thought, you know, okay, God, these are valleys that we're in right now. We're in a valley. Mm. And I know that you're teaching me something, right? Yep. I feel that every time, anytime things are hard and there's pain and all of these things, that there's something that God is going to bring goodness out of it. Absolutely. You know, one thing for me that's always been challenging is in life, you want to have accountability mm-hmm. in anything you do, whether right. it's in business, in relationships. Um, in AA, you have a sponsor. Right. Someone who holds you accountable when you hit those yeah. moments, right? And we all have a lot of great friends. We have friends who would be there on our deathbed for us. I mean, yeah. in the drop of a hat. Yeah, absolutely. We're very blessed to have that, yeah. family and friends. But I noticed for me that even though I had friends that I've had for 20-something years, dear friends of mine, with kids, right? Mm-hmm. And the insanity of the day-to-day of life, if you're present with your kids, you're going to be busy, right. right? Which we are nuts. We're nuts, yeah. Right? It's very busy. I lost, if I even ever had really, accountability. Mm-hmm. And I had to put that back in my life. And I have a dear friend, I have a couple of dear friends, but I have one in particular, and I'm not going to, you know, for privacy, I'm not going to expose it, keep things personal myself. But yeah. I have a dear friend who is also a fellow believer, but we confide in each other and mm-hmm. we were open about everything. I mean, I spilled my guts out to him. Yeah. He spills his guts out to me. Now, these things stay between the both of us, but together we're able to hold each other accountable to these things. And, and that's I can a come big deal. To him. Right. And that's I can come to him and I could, just, I could drop things when needed. Mm-hmm. And hey, it's talked about. We can disagree on things. Yeah. We'll pray over it. We'll move on. Right. But I know that I have these systems I've put in my life now that were never really there, even though friendships are always around. You want to go out and have a good time with your friends. You want to, you don't want to bog your friends down with your, you know, depression or whatever you're dealing with. Like people got their own crap as it is. Yeah. But you have to have that. You have to have your trust circle of people we're who can hold to, you accountable to your own goals, to your own. Yeah, dreams, we're supposed right? to have a community around us, which is hard right now. It's so hard so in this hard. chapter of life with kids to have a community. I have so many friends who yeah. reach out, and it's like I have to cancel all the time mm-hmm. on stuff because I choose to be a present father. I choose right. to be here. You know, it's um, I've turned down some tours because mm-hmm. I knew. Even like recently, it's like I had a couple international dates and I was like, okay, is this going to bless my family and, and my kids or is it just going to be fun for me to go out there and play music and have a great time? Well, yeah. there's a balance to that because it's self-love and whatever, but right. what is this going to lead to? 
oh, it's probably not going to lead to anything. You know, okay, if there's no longevity in this artist, mm-hmm. then what's the point? You know, right. why put my wife through the stress of having to manage the kids and the schedules and her job and all this stuff? So thank you. Yeah. Anyway, so you know, for me, it's like, yeah, I would love. I'm, I would die to get back on the road with a great artist, and I know that you would support that too. But the artist would have to really have longevity. Would have to have the financial support to help with what the load is back at home, right? Yeah. And also being able to see my family on the road, bring you guys out and stuff like that. So anyway, there is a balance of that. And it's really hard to have community um, in your day-to-day. So we have really tried to double down. I know for myself, just having a couple key men in my life that I can go to when it's yeah. like, hey, I am I am really dying at this point mm-hmm. over this situation. And can we get together and talk about it? And it can be brutally real and honest. And I'm going to get a non-biased response. It's not going to be what I want to hear, but it's just going to be the truth. So those things have been put in place. And well, that and is that's, super empowering to have. That's a huge thing because even with AA, it's all about accountability. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? So it's about having your sponsor and being happy. You know, when you're going through those times of struggle, you're able to call your sponsor and yeah. they're able to help you through that. Yeah. And that's... Especially, you look, can't. you have a loss in a family or something yeah. drastic. You lose a job. You get a diagnosis. Right, there's I mean, grieving. people jump off the wagon in these yeah. things, and you got to have someone there for that. Right. You know? Um, so, and again, like working on self. Right. You know? Well, like and that was one thing. my best self for me. That was one thing we told the kids when, you know, we were trying to explain what was going on between us. Yeah. Because daddy wasn't sleeping in the room with me and you were in the guest room was we are working on ourselves. Right. Mommy and daddy. Ourselves. Daddy's working on himself. Mommy's working on herself and we're working on ourselves. And, you know, last night when Dexton said. (laughs) Our old soul of a son. He is way more mature than he should be. So mature. Yeah, go on. But he said, oh, are you guys sleeping in the same room now? Again, are you guys back together? <laughs> you know? Yeah. And uh, he said, I'm really happy that you guys are sleeping in the same room. Hey, by the room. way, we've made up. I've been just wondering this cliffhanger here. We've made up, but it's a continual growth process. But our son uh, no, it, needed yeah. to know, he, he, because this is a nine-year-old brain trying right. to understand I don't really get what's happening here. Like now you're back in the room. Does dad we have really bad gas? <laughs> Is that why he's in That's the other part of the house? I said, I said your father has horrible gas and so he's staying in the guest room yeah, again. <laughs> not the truth. Actually, it is true, but it's not true. Protein shakes. Anyway, where are we going? But um, no, it was it was one of those moments that I remember when we spoke to the, we spoke to the kids. Well, primarily Dexton. Yeah. Hazley didn't understand. Hazel was too young. She was too young. Yep. But primarily Dexton and, and tried to explain to him where we were going and what was happening and all of that kind of stuff. Yeah. But it was just so interesting last night when he just observed mm-hmm. and just realized yeah. and had this realization. <laughs> yeah. And uh, I think it really was uh, a joy in his heart kind of feel. Of course. Because I felt like he was, his demeanor and certain, you know, the way he was acting kind of changed. Yeah. And um, I would say feeling more, a little bit more safe, would you say? 
and stable. He's a he's the personality too. Again, he's very, very much an old soul. Yeah. He's kind of got some codependency issues. Yeah. Like he takes on things. He takes he, on he things. He wants to be a problem solver. Like he even knows like when I'm having a rough day mm-hmm. and there's been some stuff that came down the pipeline, he's like, dad, I think you just need a hug. And I know. And hug me. I'm like, are you my dad? He's <laughs> like, who are you, dude? <laughs> who are you? But that, and I, and I told you this, I said, he is nine years old. He shouldn't be trying to solve our issues. Absolutely. And because he's seen us for so long, mm-hmm. go through battles. Not always. No, this is not a look, we're amazing. Okay, but when the dark comes, I'm pretty freaking dark. It gets and he's dark. seen the dark side. And he's seen the dark side. And so with that being said, he wants to fix. And Correct. that is not his job. His job, and I said this to him, I said, Dexon, your job is to be nine years old. He even tries to fix on the soccer field when people get hurt. He's the kid that's running over there trying to hug and console everybody. I'm like, bro, you don't have to do that. When his friend Asher got hurt and he just ran over to make sure he was okay. And that just warms my heart. Yeah, he's the one you want in your foxhole. Yeah, he really is. But that being said, he's nine years old. He shouldn't be trying to fix us. Yeah. And so we're going to be working on that as well. We will be working on that. We're both going through the process, not just of therapy, which I'm so for therapy. I think that's just yeah. something everybody, at least all my friends I'm talking to mm-hmm. who have always been kind of opposed to it. They're like, bro, I'm in it. I need it. You know, mm-hmm. um, that has been a huge help, but also just really going a deep dive into being the best self, right. not just in the physical, but in the spiritual, mm. you know, and the self-love, taking care of ourselves, which is so hard in this yeah. chapter of child raising. Like, we can get lost in it. We, we can. And then you and I could have nothing wrong with each other and then at the end of the night want to kill each other mm-hmm. because of what we just endured yeah. with two meltdowns for right. that were going on for three days straight, you know, yeah. which has just been going on with our four-year-old. Yeah. But there's a lot of personal right. work that goes on a daily basis for life. Right. Especially the way the world's going right now. I'm all about, I, I feel that we, you have to take a Sabbath for sure, because yeah. that is something that you have to do. Um, I think when we talk about self-love, it's one of those things where you have to be the best, you have to not be broken in a sense, Right. You want to be not have a broken arm to be able to pick up your child. <laughs> put on the oxygen mask first in the plane right. before you put on someone else's. But I think also with that being said, there has to be knowing the selflessness of it as well. Correct. Because we're called to do that as well. Yep. And so being able to know, okay, this is what I need, but is it going to cause all of this? It can look in the, selfish in the moment sometimes, right. but if it leads to selflessness, mm-hmm. if we're not taking care of ourselves, yeah. then we're going to be toxic all the time. Absolutely. And that's what I've learned to do. For me now, like I have a joy about waking up in the morning. I force myself to get up at five o'clock in the morning. I have about an hour before anybody wakes up. Right. So it's like get my coffee in, do my deep breathing, do my prayers. I actually read my Bible. Mm-hmm. Uh, it could just be a short, you know, thing it could be a long yeah. pass, whatever it is, but 
that hour is my time to get my head straight. Yeah, that's good. Because as soon as those little ones come downstairs, mm-hmm. it's we're, you've been we're great in a war with that. Zone. that. We're in a war zone. You've been and that awesome keeps me with balanced. that. You've been actually take it, stepping up. But you know, also going to the gym now, and we've always been fairly health conscious people, especially mm-hmm. with you and your diet. We have to, mm-hmm. but now going to the gym, like having alcohol out of my life completely, yeah, I have so much more drive within it. And so, so much good. more joy that I look forward to within yeah. the days. You know, I sleep better. I feel better. Mm-hmm. I have less cloudiness. I'm more mm-hmm. present in general. Yeah. You know, the point is, is that I've learned from coming from a place of anxiety, there's just so many better options, mm. you know, to do that. And for right. me at night now, like the first week or two is a bit difficult. You know, mm-hmm. but you're getting out of a routine, right? Yeah. Which has been normal for so many years in your life. But now it's just like I'm naturally able to wind down. I'm tired. I'm exhausted. I push myself really hard throughout the day, especially with exercise and fitness and things like that and chasing these kids around the house. Mm-hmm. Chasing after a hot wife isn't easy either. <laughs> um, but, he has you not know, caught I'm, me yet, guys. I'm, I'm, I'm pretty beat up by the end of the night. And it's like, mm-hmm. there may be some other things I need. Like I've been drinking teas and maybe there's some other stuff I can implement to wind down. But like, I'm able to wind down naturally now mm-hmm. and my sleep patterns are better. And when I wake up, I have a gusto about my mornings and that's addicting to me. So I have this new passion that I've developed through creating new habits and new circles of- That's good. Know, but- when I was in that world and I was yeah. in that circle, that vicious cycle, you know, there was a lot of shame and there was a lot of confusion that I had around drinking and that mm. being, in, you know, because it was just, again, it was always around our lifestyle. It was always around a profession. It was even around our church circles. And I'm not judging anybody who does drink, by the way. This is not like, you shouldn't drink alcohol. We have tons of friends who still drink. I'll go out with people who have drinks, whatever. It's just that I'm choosing to not put that into my life. So anyway... This is a new chapter of life. New chapter. It feels great. It's still scary because look, you you go through things in life. If it's not going to be this, the next thing presents itself. Yeah. I mean, in this in this version of life in the flesh, until the next one, there's going to always be things that come. Right. And as soon as you master one, the next thing tends to present itself. But there's a joy that we're choosing to take as you move forward. Yeah. And we have laid a lot on the table during that little bout of separation we had. And a lot had yeah. to be said, a lot got out. It was brutal. It was yeah. stomach turning. I didn't eat for a week. I, um, there was a lot that had to be said yeah. that had been bottled up for ever. And I feel like we've both vomited out what needed to be vomited out. We looked at it. Well, even, I mean, just the other day, when you said gone. something, I instead of getting upset about it which that's what i would i would just hold it in and get upset or whatever i waited for the kids to go to bed and i, I talked to you about it cuz yeah. i said hey that that the way you said that and presented that it really triggered me mm-hmm. and i need you to not do that again and you were able to pump the brakes yeah and let it hold off and the thing the thing with me about me is I can do that. I'm not going to, I don't have to, at, in that moment, have a conversation about it. I like to wait until it's just you and I, we can have this conversation. Mm. And that was, that we're, we're, we're working on that with you. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> well, especially men want to fix everything 
from what I've read and understood, we want to fix everything right now. Like, let's just fix it right now. Yeah. And things have to what wait. What is it? Let, let, tell me, what is it? Things have to wait. Just, and with the kids, we have to wait till they're in bed. And the hardest part is we are zombies day, when we I talk. I said, but, hey, I want to talk to you about something later. And you said, just tell me now. Yeah. And Hazley was in the car and I said, no, I'm not going to talk to you about it right now. I'll talk to you about it later. Well, when are we going to get to talk? And I said, after we put the kids to bed, we'll talk. Yeah. Which can be really hard because we will be so freaking tired. But still, we have to make that priority. You have to make that a priority and you have to have that discussion. Go inject a a pot of coffee into your bloodstream if you need to. And so we did have a conversation after that. We got it in there. And we got it in there. But it took me and normally I would give in because, again, I'm a people pleaser. And I would feel, oh, he's going to get upset if I don't tell him all of this stuff. So I wanted to make sure that I was relaying that to you when I was ready. Because it's not about when you're ready. It's my conversation to have with you. If you wanted to have a conversation with me, that'd be different. Right. But I'm wanting to talk to you about something. So it's when I'm ready. Right. Um. So I'm learning things. <laughs> we're both learning. It's a continuous journey throughout life. Yeah. You know, but I think we're in a great spot now. Yeah. And that was a lot to be said. We talked a lot yeah, today. And, you know, look, when when Christina, you know, we we were actually really busy over something. And like we want to we want to start doing this once a week and getting back in a roll with it. And we were really passionate about yeah, we miss this you guys. project. We do miss you all. This is I mean, this is fun for us. It's also great for our relationship. But you yeah. know, we would just wanted it like we could have not talked about this, but we wanted to be just real. Yes. And surrender. so we we definitely had conversations because I said, Are you willing to speak about things? Yep. Because I am willing to speak about things. And you're like, you're not gonna look very good. <laughs> I didn't say I said, that. Fine, then I said, you know, I don't want you to you know, I don't know, make you look horrible or make myself look horrible in a sense. But I think it's best to be transparent with people and let them know hey 21 years you know man not easy. i'll tell you what the more i get to know people and their relationships that look so primed and proper mm-hmm. and even i'll come to you like they this couple has it together yeah they really do and then you're like oh yeah here's what's up and i'm like are you kidding me <laughs> really them and I'm like, why is no one? And I get it. Yeah. You know, like, I'm not going to tell you every single deep, dark secret about my personal life and our marriage. Okay. Right. Uh, but I just think that these conversations need to be had out there. I mean, there's yeah. people are feeling alone. I don't know, want someone to feel shame. I don't like, want a woman to feel shame because she's going through stuff in her marriage. I don't want a man to feel shame. Well, because even like the dudes I know, stuff. like, I have friends who are finally like, oh, yeah, I, I'm cool with therapy. I'll try it out. It's like, Dude, go to therapy. And talking about it and being open about it, yeah, it releases. Correct. All of that stress, especially like you're holding especially on all with that just stuff. like being flooded with social media. Yeah. It's like, man, this stuff isn't real. I mean, yeah, there's highlights there, and right. we all know that. I mean, this is, but you get to like get to know these people, and you get mm-hmm. into their life. And you're like, wow, they may have it all together here, mm-hmm. but there's some deep dark stuff that they're going through yeah and i'll hear it it's just a wake-up call for me it's like bro you're not alone right in this but we're back and this is going to be a ongoing series and um as we walk through the chapters of all the challenges we deal with in our life which we've definitely been dealt a very fun set of cards i'm hoping also we're gonna have guests we will have guests on this at some point 
Uh, uh, we're working on all that, but uh, I have somebody uh, who is doing a codependent study right now. She wrote a, a whole study on codependency, and I would love for her to come on. Well, I also want to start it. bringing in some of the music world too. Yeah, that I know, and and elaborating on these conversations with other people who that are in great. relationships for many many years that I've traveled Fantastic. with or that have been in our circle of entertainment. Right. Mm-hmm. So as we go on, hey. Thanks for coming to hang out with us. Hopefully you still like us. Well, you probably don't like me, but my wife is still cool. So if you want to hang out with her, uh, she's still there. But no, hey, man, you know, like to God be the glory with everything that's happened in our Mm -hmm. life. And we're growing. We're learning, you know. It's a journey. Have patience. You ain't finished with us yet, you know. And it's it's what do they say? It's about the journey, not the destination. Right. And you never want to arrive. You never want to arrive. It's all about who you become along the way, Mm -hmm. you know? 